time management really is choice management. It's option management. It's decision management. So in essence, we don't manage time. What we do is we execute activities. You're listening to the Happy Doc Student Podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing clarity to the often mysterious doctoral process. Do you feel like you're losing your mind? Let me and my guests show you how to put more joy in your journey and graduate with your sanity, health, and relationships intact. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Frederick, and this is Episode 6. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Mark Woods. Mark is the author of Attack Your Day Before It Attacks You. He is a thought leader on the subject of time. And isn't that something that just always seems to be in short supply when you're in a doctoral program? He's been talking about time for nearly two decades, and I'm so excited to welcome him to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Let's start with just this simple question. How did you get into the business of time? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, I didn't really think about it so much until recently, and I was really born into it. My dad was a uh, time management expert on the subject of time. He went around speaking for 25 years, teaching time management and productivity. In fact, back in the 80s and 90s, we worked with Daytimer. And for those of you that are a little bit older, you might be aware that Daytimer was one of the original paper planners. So my dad's company was their exclusive training partner for a number of years. And I joined the family business in 2002, so almost 20 years ago. And that's how I got into it. So one of the things that I noticed when I stumbled across your book about eight years ago was you remind us that we only get 24 hours each day. That is correct. And, you know, we start off talking about the fact that time management really is choice management. It's option management. It's decision management. So in essence, we don't manage time. What we do is we execute activities. And if you really think about it, from the time that you get up in the morning until the time you go to bed, you're executing activities on a nonstop basis. So an activity can be anything that we do from eating, sleeping, breathing. It's sending a text message. It's an email. It's a phone conversation. So nonstop, we're executing activities. So we don't manage time. We execute activities. So I want you to really think about that for a second. If you want to gain control of your time in your life, you have to focus not on the 24 hours, but the activities that you choose to execute in the 24 hours that you have. And Mark, let's just dig a little bit deeper into that because I have to say, I believe that was the concept and this almost aha moment. I mean, even a child knows there's only 24 hours in a day, but the techniques you taught really highlighted to me the fact that my to-do list in no way, shape or form was fitting into my day. And so it was leaving me feeling completely deflated at the end of the day that there was another day and darn it, I only got X number of things done. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that I've been talking a lot about lately is the fact that essentially we become compressors of life where we try to jam as many activities into our day as we possibly can. And at the end of the day, when we look at what we tried to accomplish and realize that we didn't get 
hardly any of those things done. Well, that's when frustration sets in. We start to feel anxious. We feel stressed. We feel overwhelmed. And then we go to bed and we wake up and do it all over again the next day. And if we continue repeating this pattern, we eventually get burned out. So something has to change. And when I went through this book, I thought, this is exactly what my team needs. This new way of thinking about activities versus managing time. So you came in, you trained my team at the time I was Dean of a school of behavioral and health sciences. It absolutely changed the way we interacted with each other, the language we used, how we prioritized time or prioritized activities rather. And one of the faculty members was responsible for curriculum. And she said, Heather, this is exactly what the students need to know. And I had another aha moment because I was overseeing grade appeals. And when a student would come to me asking to retake a class, very rarely did they say anything negative about the instructor or the content. It was that they had run out of time. So we brought you on to work with the students. Do you want to talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing we did is uh, we shot a video, which was about 60 seconds talking about what we do and activity management as opposed to time management. You sent it out to your entire student population and, and we had over a thousand people sign up for a free webinar that we did. And you know, this was almost 10 years ago. And 50% of the people that signed up for it actually attended, which was unheard of at the time for webinars. And people loved it. They gravitated towards the ideas in which we talked about activity management and the five skills that we teach in our book. And, and that was an aha moment, uh, not only for you guys, but for me as well. And so we turned that into uh, material that you incorporated into your first course, making this part of the program that every student went through uh, for a number of years. And, and so one of the unique things that we did is I ran a survey. So when the students would go through the material, I would ask a simple question, you know, what's your biggest frustration with time? And I think that we ended up having close to 2000 people uh, complete that survey before we started it. And you know, the, the number one frustration that people had that was uh, work-life balance and finding time not only to uh, work and manage family activities, especially those people that had children at home, but finding that time to study. We realized that uh, talking about time and activity management was a really big deal with students. So let's get into some of these skills. Now, let's start with the three gifts. Yes. What are they? <clears throat> well, uh, I love talking about three gifts because it doesn't matter really who you are, what you do for a living, where you live in the world, what language you speak, your age, race, gender. Everybody on this planet gets three incredible gifts every single day without question. We don't ask for them. They are given to us. And the first one is the gift of time. Without time, activities can't be executed. The second incredible gift is the gift of personal energy. Energy is essential for executing activities. And the last one, which is my favorite, the gift of choice, the ability to choose which activities we plan to execute in the day. The three gifts are time, personal energy, and choice. Okay, so let's dig deeper into choice. I would love for you to talk about this skill 
of choosing? Yes. So the skill of choosing is the first of five that we talk about. And, and in my opinion, I think that today it's one of the most important things that people can really focus uh, energy on, on learning the skill of choosing, because that's what we do all day long. And when you think about the activities that we choose to execute, activities are never neutral. They either enhance or detract from our life. In other words, if I choose activity A, it's going to impact my life on a positive or a negative basis. So choosing activities is so important, especially today. And so what we do is we use the metaphor of a traffic light to help us become better at choosing the activities that we execute. And, and so this is something that we talk about as a framework. So I'll go through very quickly in a couple of minutes on the skill of coloring your choices, and then you can identify how you would incorporate it into your life. So just like heavy traffic on a freeway, we use the colors of a traffic light to manage our activity traffic during the day. So the color red, red stands for activities that require us to stop whatever it is that we're doing and go take care of this red activity right now. Uh, I've got a personal example that just happened to me last week that was a red activity. So I went to Best Buy to uh, pick up a product and I drove from my house to Best Buy, which is about five miles. I had my dog with me and I got out of the car and realized that I left my key fob at home. So I couldn't lock my car. I had my dog. I couldn't go in the store. So I immediately called my daughter and I said, hey, I've got an emergency right now. I know that uh, you're in the middle of school, but I left the key fob at home. So I had to have her drive all the way from home, deliver the key fob on her brakes so that I could get back into my car. So that would be an example of a personal red that happened. You can probably think of red activities that happen to you on a regular basis in your own life. Green activities are next. We use the color green to stand for activities that are uh, valuable activities. So when you think about green activities, think about things that enhance the quality of your life. They could be regulatory activities that you do on a regular basis as part of your job. An example of a personal green activity could be reading to my daughter. You know, that was one of the things that was important to me when, when we were younger. And I would try to spend time reading to my kids uh, at night during the week, just five or 10 minutes. And so that would be an example of a green activity. Now, it gets a little bit trickier when we talk about the color yellow. Just like when you're driving down the street and the yellow light pops up, you have to make a decision. Am I going to stop or am I going to drive through? Uh, you know, we won't get into the, that, uh, the rights or the wrongs in, in uh, driving through traffic. But when you think about yellow activities, you have to ask yourself that same question. Does this activity add value to my life? Does this activity align with a goal or an objective for my work and for my personal life? So we have to be cautious when yellow activities pop up. Most of the time, yellow activities are things that we have to do at some point in the future but not necessarily today or tomorrow or maybe even this week. So be cautious when yellow activities pop up. Now, there's one other color that we added to stand for activities that are usually a big waste of time. I call them the time suckers, and it's the color gray. Gray stands for activities that don't really have a high value, aren't going to really add much value to my work or my personal life. And you could probably think of things right now and in our seminars, we used to play a game 
And a lot of the things we would identify as being great activities would be surfing too much on the internet, uh, too much television time, watching uh, cat videos. So these are things that mostly are considered a waste of time. But I got challenged with this a lot from people that would say, look, Mark, you don't understand, you know, when I get home at night, I like to sit in front of the TV, I like to binge on Netflix for a couple of hours, because that's my recovery time, it's my downtime. And I always say the same thing, too much of a good thing, oftentimes can be a bad thing. So you have to think about how much time you're really investing in these activities that are considered grays. And also you have to identify at what time of day you're actually executing these gray activities. So those are the colors and that's what they stand for. Red means stop, green means go, yellow means caution, and gray means no. So let's dig into those and kind of unpack those for the doctoral student. And then I want you to tell us once you color them, what do you do next, right? So, <laughs> yeah. and you know what, I just want to back up and say, I love having this language. And especially if you get a team you're working with or your family on board, it helps really, I think, collaboration in the house because you can say, I've got a red or you can challenge each other and say, that sounds like a yellow. Just keep at the forefront this idea that we need to be conscious. Yeah. And, you know, these days with so many people working from home and so many of us that have our, our kids that are schooling from home at the same time, it's so important today to be able to communicate this level of priorities. In fact, I've had people that have printed out uh, an image of a traffic light and pinned it to their door in the room that they're using for their office because they're working from home just to help their kids understand that right now, you know, mom's working on a red activity, I can't be disturbed. So there's a lot of creative ways in which you can incorporate the colors into your life. And it absolutely helps to minimize stress and overwhelm if we if we get in sync with our family and our coworkers. And I would think once you get good at this, because it, it's a habit, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I speak from experience, it doesn't happen right away, you, you really become very aware how little attention you're paying to the value of the activity. And like you said, is it adding to, is it detracting from, is it just sucking my time? But as you're working on your doctoral project, I can imagine times where there are reds, your committee saying this has to be fixed before you can pass to the next class. And then there's greens. We want you to keep looking in the literature, you know, like once a month, you need to make sure this is updated and yellows um, are your reference section matching your citations. And as a student, I think it could really help this feeling of overwhelm to say, here's the list of 50 things that my committee wants me to work on in this period of time. Now I'm going to color them so that I can have this sense of control ownership. I'm not sure what the correct word is, but I definitely, as I'm even talking about it, feeling a sense of that would just help with this overwhelm when you're looking at this very lengthy list of things that you need to get done. Yeah. So do you remember back when we went through the program with your team, the qualifying question that I threw out as a challenge to everybody? Oh it's okay gosh. if you don't. I'll, Putting me I'll, on the uh, spot. I'm sure as soon as you say it, it will all come back to me, Mark. Well, think about it. Now that you understand what the colors mean, imagine if before you engaged in any activity or when you get interrupted or distracted or you pick up your phone and you open up an app, what if you asked yourself this question, what color is this? 
and then stop for a second and then decide, is it red, green, yellow, or gray, and then take the appropriate action. It's so often these days that we just go from one activity to the next, never really thinking about what it is that we're doing. And we can be so busy during the day, but we can also not get anything of value done because we're focusing on the wrong activities. So using that question can be a big time saver. So probably one of the biggest take-home messages from this episode, and there's so much more we could talk about, is practice asking yourself, what color is this? before you do the activity. Now, how does that play out in terms of planning your day or planning your week? That's a great question. So everybody is a little bit different. Some people have busier lives that are maybe married, have a partner, have children, work full time. Everybody that's probably listening to this episode, working on your uh, doctorate degree. So you have so many things going on. You have to have some basis or some system. One of the biggest challenges that I see people do when they're planning their day is they they attempt too much. The reason why we do this is we never really think about how much time an activity actually takes us to accomplish. I discovered this uh, a long time ago when I, I started tracking how much time an activity was actually taking me. And I realized that I was missing my time estimates 100% of the time. In other words, if I made a list of 10 things that I was going to accomplish today, and at the end of that day, I I looked back and identified how much time each one of those 10 things took me to complete, I missed the boat 100% of the time. If you think about some of the activities that you choose to execute, how much time is it actually taking you to accomplish those activities? It's a real eye-opening experience. So one of the things that I suggest is that you underplan your day. I try to encourage people to identify what are the top three things that you want to accomplish today, your three priorities. And then seven to 10 activities would be secondary to those three activities. So you have your three priorities for today and then your seven to 10 activities. But once you make that list, you have to identify which, which sequence you're going to execute those activities. And you can use the colors to do that. Red, identify which ones are red, which ones are green, and which ones are yellow. And that way you've prioritized which ones you're going to do. And do you recommend actually writing down how long you think it's going to take and then checking yourself? I do. I think that it's important that you do that for uh, a couple of days to get a better understanding of what you do. One tip would be to, you know, take out a piece of paper and write down the activity put a start time and then an end time. And then at the end of the day, you can identify, okay, well, I thought that that activity or I had blocked out 30 minutes to do that activity and it actually took me an hour. So when you do this regularly, you'll get a better understanding of how much time it takes and you'll get better at it. You know, you know, the old saying, how do you get better at something? You practice. So if you practice this behavior every day and and you're mindful, your productivity will get better. So, so far we've got this challenge to start coloring your choices, estimating your time and checking yourself because then you'll get better at knowing how to plan things and how long things are going to take. That was one skill with some tips. I know know we don't have time to go over all four, but quickly, will you just list the other four skills? Absolutely. So the first skill, which we just talked about briefly is the skill of choosing. The second skill is the skill of arranging. So once we've identified the activities in which we plan to execute, 
we need to arrange them in a way that makes sense. So one of the things we talk about in the skill of arranging is two types of time, your discretionary time and your non-discretionary time. Discretionary time is your free time. Your non-discretionary time are the appointments that you have that happen at a specific time during the day. The third skill is the skill of tracking, tracking all activities to ensure that nothing falls through the cracks. So in this particular skill, we talk about tools and techniques. So, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people that are listening to this episode have tried so many different apps, journals, paper planners, and uh, it's hard to find the tools that actually work for you. Sometimes we end up duplicating our efforts because for me, I like to use paper, but I also like the convenience of electronic. So you have to identify a system that works for you. And uh, I see a lot of people that use both paper and electronic uh, tools and create that complete system. So we talk about tools and the skill of tracking activities. The fourth skill is the skill of flexicute. That's a word that uh, my dad actually made up probably 15 years ago. And flexicute is simply being flexible in the ways in which we execute activities. And man, I can't think of a, a, a time other than now where we have to be more flexible in how we execute activities. You know, we set out to to uh, attack specific activities, but things change. We have to adapt. We have to be flexible during the course of our day. In fact, I don't think that I can think of any day this year where I haven't had to be flexible and flexicute during the day because of what's been going on. And the last skill is the skill of focus. Focus is extremely important. And it's not just focusing on the activities that you have to execute during the day, but it's focusing on the activities that are in line with your values, the things that are important to you in life. So we talk about ways in which you can apply the skill of focus to not just get things done at school, at work, in your personal life, but using that to achieve senses of balance. Okay. So we've got call your choices, which we went over today. These other ones are so fascinating too. And it really is this nice comprehensive kind of model that you've put together I'd love to have you back to go deeper in these other ones because we've got arranging, tracking, flexicuting, and focusing. So maybe you'd be willing to come back and we can talk more about those in the future. I would absolutely love to come back and we can dive a little bit deeper in on each one of these skills. And until then, everyone can practice coloring their choices, tracking their actual to their estimated time, get, get better with that. But I can't let you go, Mark, without talking about a couple of these productivity tips. And, you know, I wanted to talk just a little bit more about those gray activities because I have students telling me too, and I myself am guilty of popping on the Netflix after a long day. So I'd love for you to talk about the tip you have related to planned spontaneity. Yes, it's one of my favorite ones because it's so applicable today, especially uh, in in an era where we're wired 24 hours a day. So, you know, plant spine 80 requires the ability to do a few different things. So, you know, yes, when we talk about gray activities, if you were to make a list of what we would consider to be gray activities as it being a waste of time, there is that gray area. And Netflix would be one of them. It's so easy for us to start an episode. And then at the end of it, instead of turning it off, we let it just autoplay into the next episode. And before you know it, we spent two or three hours 
binge watching on a, a particular Netflix episode. I've been guilty of doing this on more than one occasion. And so planned spontaneity is planning when you're going to do these activities and giving yourself a time limit. So before you sit down and start watching Netflix, identify how much time you're going to binge watch. Is it one episode? Is it two episodes? But then you have to follow through and hold yourself accountable to the time that you've allotted for that activity. The same thing goes for your apps. You know, it's so easy for us during the course of our day if our phone makes a sound, uh, we get a notification, whether it's an email or a text message or a Snapchat or uh, a TikTok. We open it up and all of a sudden we start scrolling and pretty soon 15 minutes, 30 minutes goes by and we realize that we just lost that time because we were mindlessly scrolling through TikTok videos. So think about times during the day when you're going to block out time to invest on those activities like watching uh, videos on TikTok. And maybe it's 15 minutes, maybe it's five minutes, three times a day or four times a day. You have to identify when it's going to be appropriate to do those activities and then hold yourself accountable to that. That's what we call plan spontaneity. Okay. While you were talking, I thought of another question I wanted to ask you as the yeah. expert here. Do you turn off your notifications or do you let them? Because I'm like, I, I either need to turn off my notifications or I need to be better at asking myself when I get one, what color it is. What do you recommend or what do you actually, I'm really just curious about what you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great question. Uh, you know, at first I didn't, but you know, the more apps that I had on my phone, the more notifications that I got and each notification is an interruption. So yes, absolutely. I've turned off the majority of my notifications and I've also gotten the habit of uh, when I need to focus and block out 30 minutes or 45 minutes or 90 minutes of time where I'm just intently focusing on writing or doing a, a creative project, I'll put my phone on airplane mode so that there's no way that I'm going to have those distractions. So it's important that you manage those notifications and, uh, and do that because we've talked about this for you know, two or three decades, the amount of time that it takes to refocus once you've been interrupted takes 15 to 20 minutes. So imagine if your phone's going off five to 10 times an hour, you know, you have the inability to really regain your focus if that is happening nonstop. So yes, I would suggest turn off your notifications whenever possible. And especially when you're writing your dissertation or your doctoral project, see how this might just almost have this outcome of expanding time. If you're not getting distracted, you don't have to refocus. And I don't think people think about that, but mm -hmm. it's real. Yeah. That's a real issue. Okay. So Mark, how can people connect with you and what new and exciting things do you have coming up? We're recording this in December, but 2021 is just around the corner. And I know you've got some exciting things happening. Yeah, absolutely, Heather. I'm super excited to uh, tell you about some of the exciting things that we've got going on for the new year. Uh, first of all, I'm releasing in the first quarter an updated and simplified version of the book, Attack Your Day Before It Attacks You. Uh, that's available for pre-order now on our website and also on Amazon. And we're launching in January a membership program to build a community of, of people that are interested in personal well-being and making the best use of their time. It's free to join. We've got resources that people can download and do it on their own. But from my personal experience, it's a lot easier when we're doing things together. 
So this program is available for anybody that wants to join. And we're going to be doing a series of uh, accountability uh, live streams every single day starting in January that people that are members can join and become part of this community. And I think that would be an amazing resource for someone in a doctoral program because accountability is huge and your chair is not going to be there every morning and every evening asking you what you got done and what you didn't get done and probably doesn't even have the skills to help you arrange these things that you would, you'll be teaching. So just to make sure the website is attackyourday.com. That's right. Attackyourday.com is the only place you need to know. Okay, so check that out. And Mark, I look forward to having you on the show again so we can go through those other four skills. Well, it's been great. I appreciate you having me on the show and uh, good luck with everything. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. The Happy Doc Student Podcast is brought to you by expandyourhappy.com and you can learn more there. Oh, and hey, if you want to make my day, would you rate, review, and subscribe to the show? One more thing, just a quick reminder that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only.